Are the Nashville Predators done making moves in free agency? We're here to say maybe they shouldn't be. We're going to look at some of the best remaining free agent options for Nashville, plus some players who have already signed that we wish Nashville would have gotten in on. We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to give a special, how do you do? Tip of the cap to our loyal Locked On Pred heads, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys and we appreciate the support that you guys give us. I'm Nick Morgan. I am a writer at Penalty Box Radio and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Should have said a partner in crime who uh, I hope just turned into a Justified fan. I know. Now I'm intrigued. I just finished watching, re-watching Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. So maybe it's time to do a little Justified. I'm thinking very different genres, though. Yeah, sweet. That's not the, no, that's that's Steel Magnolias. These are two very different things. There's two very different Magnolias. Have you seen Steel Magnolias? No. (gasps) I know the gist of it. Isn't it it really sad? Look, life is not all sunshine and roses. Sometimes you need to watch Dolly Parton and this amazing cast work through some hard things. You need to watch that. Bump that even above Pretty Woman on your list. There's something else you told me to bump above Pretty Woman the other day. I did. What was it? It was just the other day I told you. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Great. Wow. I'm going to have to start actually keeping a physical list because it's getting away from me. Your list of movies you need to watch. Yeah. Um, How about hockey? Let's talk about that, shall we? There you go. Yeah. So, of course, the Predators more active in free agency uh, than we thought they were going to be initially. So with that in mind... We are going to be looking at the best free agent options remaining for the Nashville Predators, including a uh, a big swing. Anne wants us to take. I won't spoil it, but his name rhymes with Radomir Veramenko. And we'll get it off that. Well, yeah, no, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, plus, we're also going to go through and talk about players who signed elsewhere that we wish. The players had been in on. So lots of fun stuff. But first, let's talk about this remaining free agent pool. And uh, Mm -hmm. let's start with this. Uh, We'll talk about your big swing in in a second. But are you surprised at some of the names still out there? I am a little bit surprised, but so much about this entire free agency has been a surprise to me as it relates to the Nashville Predators, but just in general, um, it it has been really interesting. Um, we had talked about on yesterday's show, which for the record, we had to record Sunday. So when we missed the big trade, it's because 
we were yeah. ahead, of, ahead of time. So yeah. for you're no welcome, way. Red Wings fans, for talking yes. about how the Alex DeBrinket deal hadn't been done yet. Right. So just so you know, we are up to speed on a lot of things. We just weren't in the right. We weren't in the right place. But I'm amazed um, how many deals like Alex DeBrinket have taken so much time and just in the big picture of the NHL. But I also have to say, I'm very surprised about the free agency moves that Barry Trotz has made. Like, I don't know that I saw it coming that he was going to sign somebody like Ryan O'Reilly. Not that I'm opposed to it, but I think the trajectory of the Predators in everybody's mind looked a little different than signing Riley O'Reilly, Luke Shen, Gustav Nyquist, and maybe other guys. We don't know yet. So a lot about free agency has kind of confused me. Yeah. I mean, there's some pretty decent names out there. Obviously, Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what's going on with that. We heard whispers that um, that he may take in, up until training camp or maybe be like one of those like mid-season signing kind of guys. Um, you know, Jonathan Tay is obviously still out there. Uh, your boy who we're going to talk about in, in just a second, uh, Matt Dumba, who, you know, yeah. it wasn't that long ago. He was kind of considered like one of the prizes of this class. So yeah. there's some value out there yeah. um, or, or at least, you know, a couple of big names. So let's talk about players uh, that we want to see the Nashville Predators maybe make a run at or Predators or, or free agent options that we think would be good fits uh, for the Nashville Predators. Go start. I want you to start. You want me to? I don't know. I was kind of thinking. Let's let's just let's just get the Tarasenko cat out of the bag because you were you were hyped on this. You wrote an article about this. I did write an article about this, and here's the thing about Vladimir Tarasenko, who I always want to call Victor, and so I apologize up front. I don't know why I have his first name wrong in on a cellular level, but Vladimir Tarasenko. This is a guy who I honestly thought was one that would be gone by now. So, you know, we talked about how long it took for Dabrinkit to land somewhere. We've got Matt Dumba still out there. We've got lots of guys. This was a guy that I thought was going to be off the board pretty quickly and still kind of out there. And Elliot Friedman uh, had a conversation with NHL Tonight about Tarasenko and sort of where he may be at. Last week, he switched representation. So I think that kind of restarted some conversations and and maybe reset a timeline on where he's going to land. But some of the teams that Elliot Friedman said may be in on him, of course, Carolina Hurricanes. It seems like Carolina's in on everybody. I'm, you know, I'm not judging, but they got a lot going on there in Carolina. Maybe Ottawa, maybe Florida, and maybe the Nashville Predators. And so I thought, really, Elliot Friedman? And the more I thought about this, the more I'm like, I'm in. Let us sign Vladimir Tarasenko. Why not? Well, first off, uh, why? (laughs) Like, what's like, what is, of all those teams you mentioned, Mm -hmm. what what does Vladimir Tarasenko see, first off, that's like, okay, uh, contender, contender, Nashville? Nashville. Okay, yeah. yeah, they got they got great barbecue there. Why not? Why not? It's it's the country music capital of the world. I mean, doesn't every Russian hockey player want to live there? 
Uh, here's, uh, here's not if uh, <laughs> Alexander Edeloff doesn't, but that's true. That's true. Here's the thing that I that I think makes Nashville still something that Tarasenko might consider, and that comes down to money and Ryan O'Reilly. Because here's the deal. According to Elliot Friedman, Tarasenko is not looking for fat term. And here I am here for the players who are not looking for fat term. I think the Nashville Predators, we were very surprised when they signed the guy for four years, for three years. I think we're looking at, a, you know, Tarasenko saying a one-year deal. Hey, look at Nashville. Nashville's got the money to make a fat, juicy financial offer for one year. And, it, you know, we've got Ryan O'Reilly, who we're going to hear from later today in media, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. But Ryan O'Reilly saw some things here in Nashville that made him want to jump onto this ship. Maybe this is a, a tempting piece for Tarasenko, like, hey, let's come here, work with some of these younger guys, reconnect, see what happens. And here's the piece I love best about signing Tarasenko. Yes, you would have to offer him, you know, a good chunk of change to, you know, kind of draw him away from like a Carolina that could be a competitor, a Florida that could be a competitor. But the Predators have the money to do that. And then in their pockets come, you know, trade deadline, they've got this piece that could bring the Predators some serious value at the trade deadline. So for me, I think of it as an investment and I'm a little bit here for it. Yeah. I mean, from that standpoint, it would make sense, you know, absolutely. And there, there's two things. One is, uh, are we sure the Predators even have the cap space to do this? Because they only have about $8 million left. Yeah. Uh, they've signed everybody, but uh, right. the Nashville Predators, why are you spending this much up to the cap on a year you're quote unquote taking a step back? Uh, two, it would have to be a one-year deal. Like that would be, that would be fine. Uh, for Tarasenko, yeah. because, you know, we've talked about the flat cap and apparently there's going to be this big boost next season where there might be uh, some more cap space available. So you see guys like him and, and Tyler Bertuzzi taking kind of big money one year swings. So, you know, that part's not out. Um, and, and as you mentioned, there is that chemistry with Ryan O'Reilly. I just think there's a little bit of a risk from both sides. Uh, you know, because if you're Vladimir Tarasenko, you this is kind of your bet on yourself here. And what's, you know, if you're him, like what's, where, where are you going to succeed better? Like what's your better chance of kind of having your prove it year? Mm -hmm. Is it in Nashville, like a team that's kind of reshuffling things around? They don't really know what they have from their young forwards yet. This might be kind of a rough offensive season. Uh, or is it, you know, a one-year deal with a team like Carolina who might be a cup contender or even like an Ottawa who you've got Brady Kachuk and, and some other very, you know, good young players, Tim Stutzla that you might be playing next to, uh, guys who have had very, you know, big you know big statistical seasons despite being on kind of a bad team so if you're vladimir tarasenko that's you know yeah i mean that, that's that's, that. that's kind of what you have to think about and then and then from nashville just is is there enough upside to to having vladimir tarasenko for one year as a rental like what like what does he bring and you know he's a good player but like mm -hmm. is he gonna be like a guy that you know is going to help all these young players 
you know, or, or is he just going to, you know, take up a roster spot until the trade deadline? Like what's, what's the point there for the Preds too? Here's what I would say to that. I, I, you know, if you bring in Tarasenko, then it buys you a little bit. See, I have it all mapped out in my mind. And of course it doesn't always work this way in hockey, but if you bring in Tarasenko, um, that buys you some time to give somebody like Joachim Kamal extra time in Milwaukee. And then come, you know, February, March trade deadline. If you bump Tarasenko, you're going to get a decent return. I think that he really, despite the fact that he wouldn't be on probably a competitive team, I think he would have a good season. I think, um, it would be an opportunity for him to stand out on this Nashville Predators team. Um, you would get a good return for him. And then you could bring in or bring up like a Joachim Kamel. So for me, like it's part timing, it's part return, it's part why not. It's part, I mean, I guess we're signing free agents. So if we're going to sign some, let's get this guy. Yeah, fair. Okay. I mean, fair point. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll see if there's anything more to talk about Tarasenko. We're going to take a break in just a second, plus a couple of value fits that both of us think might be a good fit uh, for the Nashville Predators and players who signed elsewhere that we wish the Nashville Predators would have been in on. Coming up in just one second, but first I want to mention today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tonight is Major League Baseball's All-Star Game, and it is the perfect time to get started on FanDuel because you get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 extra you can spend on betting everything from tonight's money line to over under how many runs are going to be scored to who you think is going to get the first home run of tonight's all-star game. And that's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, best part about FanDuel, when you win, you can get paid instantly. That's why there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, and one more thing on uh, Tarasenko, and mm-hmm. that is just the the injury concerns as yeah. well. Uh, because you, you talked about maybe, you know, the, the bet, best bet is, you know, one-year deal. He plays well enough that he is a deadline piece of the Predators can get some. Uh, the downside is he's injured, he's struggling, Um anything like that we know he's had some injury issues he just can't recreate that old magic for whatever reason and then then if you're the Nashville Predators you're looking at the end of it going well what what was that all for yeah and I think Vladimir Tarasenko probably also looks at that and says well what is all that for um so it'll be interesting to see like apparently according to Elliot Friedman like the Preds name is still out there. There's, they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. You know, it's 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 a middle school romance yeah. unfolding before our very eyes, friends. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if anything comes from that. Um, and let's talk about some other value free agents that might mm-hmm. be a good fit uh, for the Nashville Predators. 
I want to talk about a guy who I think I think you love this name too. This is a guy who his name has kind of been bounced in and around. His like had kind of a weird history around the NHL, but he is a guy that last year played very well with some very good talent. Thomas Tatar. Yes. Now, this is a player that I could get behind. This is a player that I think Preds fans back uh, a few years ago when Tatar was first on the market and the Preds were right there in the contendership. A lot of people were salivating mm-hmm. uh, over the possibility he wound up going to Vegas for first and second and third. Um, you know, that's that a lot of Preds fans salivated, wanted Tatar on the team back then. Different place in his career now, 32 years old, a little bit older. Um, not the same player he was back with Detroit, but this is a guy who I think has had a little bit of, you know, an underrated career and an underrated skill set that I think would translate well to not just the Nashville Predators and the on ice product, but where the team is right now in general. Okay, so this one, we talked about him uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about Thomas Tatar, and I was like, okay, first of all, name rocks. Uh, But this is one that's very intriguing to me. Tell me, though, how do you see, like, tell me where you would see him fitting in. Like, talk me through this. Talk me through this magic. So here's the thing is Mm -hmm. one is maybe one of the more underrated aspects of this game is this two-way play. Yeah. Uh, he is a player who, you know, does a lot of things on both ends of the ice very well, very defensive responsibly or defensively responsible in his own zone. Um, you know, he can be used as a penalty killer if needed. He's got, you know, enough speed and skill, you know, to really hone in on the transition game. He does a lot of stuff like that very well. You know, the downside to him is he's been very hot and cold. That's maybe the one downside to him. Like last year, 48 points, uh, you know, playing in the devil's top nine, which of course is, you know, a very, very good top nine. Um, And then, you know, kind of years before that, he battled injuries, battled inconsistency. Uh, He had uh, just 30 points the year before. Uh, We kind of know the whole, you know, Vegas story where, um, you know, the the Golden Knights traded a bunch of stuff to get him, and then he wound up being a healthy scratch for most of the playoffs. Uh, you know, had a, a 61-point year in Montreal before kind of being, like, unceremoniously uh, let go the next year. So th- there's just kind of, like, you, you never really know what you're going to get. But in terms of the fit, A, he's a guy – who, as we mentioned, takes a lot of two-way responsibilities away from maybe somebody like Phil Tomasino or Luke Evangelista, mm-hmm. uh, who's still working on that part of their game. So he's a good guy to have on there. Um, B, he's somebody that does play very well with high-end talent. You know, the Predators got Gustav Nyquist this year. Tatar's a little bit more, I think, offensively high-end 
than Nyquist. He's somebody who's like makes a lot of smart plays. He's a tiny guy, but he's physical enough to kind of create his own space. He's not afraid to get in dirty areas. This is, you know, not just a fun guy to watch on the ice. And I think an underrated, uh, underrated two-way player, but this is a guy that, you know, you put with some select young players on the Nashville Predators and they can learn, they can grow. You know, wow. I think that's, that's, you know, the type of player, the Preds, uh, should be going after. I think you hit on two things as you're talking about him that really stand out to me about why the Nashville Predators might be a good fit for a player like this. Number one, you talked about like he's an exciting player. He's kind of a fun player to watch. I think Nashville needs to invest in some of that. Obviously, that can't be your number one priority. But Barry Trotz has talked about like, let's get some players that get people out of seats. I'm not saying that he's the next Trevor Zegris or, you know, that kind of like high level people are going to buy tickets just to see him. But well, he's also 32 years old. So okay. 32 year olds, hockey age. I get yeah. it. It's hockey age. But this is somebody who I think is going to make for better hockey, better hockey to watch. The other thing is Nashville right now is a really interesting place for a player like this who maybe feels like they still have something to prove to other teams, you know, come Nashville right now. It's a very, it's a brand new chapter. And yes, we've talked about, it. it's going to be focused on the youth. We've seen uh, Barry Trotz add these veteran players that we've talked about. This might just be a great place to come and find that game again, even at 32 years old, this may be the place to come in and help shepherd along a Tomasino or an evangelista, but also kind of reignite your own game. So as much as Nashville is not a contender and that's not going to be a selling point for somebody like Tatar, there is a, there is a thing that Nashville has to offer right now for a player like this who may want to come in and go, Hey, you know what? There's not necessarily a ton of pressure for me to perform well enough to get this team to the Stanley cup, but I can refine my game here. That would make it interesting to me. Yeah. He's a player we've talked about before, and I was like, now I am intrigued. Yeah. And as somebody, you know, as we saw in New Jersey, he's somebody that does play well with young talent, can kind mm -hmm. of help them do some stuff that helps highlight their game. He's a very complimentary uh, type of player. So, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you were to pick one for me, you know, Tatar is the guy – that makes sense, especially as you're trying to fill out the middle of that lineup and maybe pushing some guys um, like Cody Glass, like Tommy Novak, maybe up into more of like the prime scoring role. Uh, so that's somebody that I think would, would have a good fit there. Um, anybody else from you, Ann, or, or just, just somebody you're intrigued about? Just throwing it out there and curious what your take is, but what about Brett Pesci? Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about that. Yeah, but... I, I think that's a good move uh, depending on what the return is going to be. And it's kind yeah. of like the same thing where, you know, it's got one year left on his deal. So if the predators don't make the playoffs or look like they're struggling, I think he could be a good deadline piece. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Preds do with that defense. Cause they have a lot of defenders signed right now, um, yeah. but, but also, yeah, the defense kind of sucked last year. So yeah. That needs That's to be a piece I, that I'm curious about. Like, you know, could the Predators work this? And if they did, 
what would happen. The defense right now is an absolute mystery. Like I just don't even see Scooby-Doo putting it together in the mystery machine. I don't understand the defense. Yeah. I mean, but that it's, it's funny because a lot of people say that and it's like, we have so many defenders signed, like we don't need defense. What are you doing? The defense was the third worst in the NHL last year. And I know it's not all on the blue line. I know it's, you know, the people up front bear some responsibility to that too, but you've got, if it's, if it sucks that bad, you got to overhaul it at some point. And right now they don't have the prospects in the system to do that anytime soon. So might as well be aggressive. Um, That may transition to our next topic, Anne. Mm -hmm. So we talked about free agents, the, the Preds, uh, you know, they're still out there. The Preds should sign, um, let's talk about guys who have already signed that you think the Preds might have missed out on, that yeah. maybe the Preds should have gone after, that would have been a good fit. And who's uh, somebody in this category for you? For me, the one that got away is not even like a huge piece. And, and you and I talked just briefly about this before we started recording, so I know this will be an interesting discourse, but I'm a Philip Zadina girl. Like I, I, I see your face. I see your face. Okay. I, I really would have liked to see Nashville get him. Um, you know, this is a kid who definitely not meeting expectations when you're looking at like where he was drafted six overall in 2018. He's a younger player struggled in Detroit. Um, now their GM is very complimentary of him as far as like, you know, I've seen his game grow in his 30 games. I don't think that, you know, we can write him off by any means. He's got upside. Now, how much of that he believes and how much of that is sales pitch? Of course, you had to weigh it out. Um, but I really felt like this was a player that would have had a good environment with where Nashville is at to come in and, and kind of jump on that young development train with, you know, Tomasino and Evangelista and, and Cody Glass. Like, I, I feel like he would have been a good fit for where the Predators are and for, you know, the veterans they brought in to sort of mentor them. I think it would have been an ideal situation for him. I also selfishly would have loved to see the Predators get him because I would love to see the Predators get a player like Zadina and be able to shake that narrative that the Predators can't develop a forward. Yeah. And and so just selfishly for the Nashville Predators and also for Zadina, I'm like, man, I, I feel like this is a missed opportunity. We could have like, he could have been like the anti-Tolvanen perhaps. Now, I know that you disagree with that. Well, so it, It's funny because Steve Eiserman, when he, you know, they talked about buying out Zadina and putting him on waivers and all that, mentioned Ellie Tolvanen. He like, did? That was the name he brought up when, when he was hyping Zadina up. He's like, look, you know, we've seen players like Ellie Tolvanen, you know, kind of go to a new environment and start to figure things out. And he thinks that's what could happen to Zadina. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just think there's some similarity or dissimilar things between those two players. Uh, one, you know, Ellie Tolvanen wasn't really getting a chance in Nashville. Philip Zanina got a lot of chances in Detroit. And I know there's some things that kind of derailed um, his growth. Like, you know, the whole pandemic, he had a couple of, you know, bad injuries. Uh, it just hasn't gone well for him, but he just 
never really looked like he was going to make that type of impact. Does have a great shot. Mm-hmm. I will say that. And if you're the Nashville Predators who desperately need a finisher besides Philip Forsberg, boy, that's a guy that you would absolutely love to kind of develop and grow. Um, but but, but you're yeah. not convinced that would happen necessarily. I, I'm not. And I'm rooting for the guy. Like, I'm hoping he goes to San Jose and absolutely kills it. I mean, we saw Luke Cunning kind of, you know, oh, yes, go go to San Jose and, and have a pretty decent year or, and, you know, kind of figure himself out a little bit. So I would love to see him uh, take this opportunity. He's going to probably have a chance to be in their top six, get, you know, reliable minutes because San Jose is a team with a lot of patience right now and not a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's going to get his chance. I wish him the best. Um, I'm just, you know, not, I'm I'm not looking at him and being like, Ooh, I'm, I'm salivating over this as like a reclamation project. Yeah. I I really felt like it was a missed opportunity for the Nashville Predators, especially because you have this young guy who is 100% betting on himself. And I think you bring in that attitude and that energy. And not only is that good for him, I think that it is a little bit contagious in a locker room that needs that. Um, and, and probably has that with Cody Glass and Tomasino and Evangelista. Like, I felt like that would have been a, a, a good addition piece. But no, I can- here we are. Good luck, J.D. Young. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. 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 Let, let us know how it goes, J.D. That's um, right. What know, about who is, who is your man I wish? Look, if you're going to be spending this money, if you're Barry Trotz, and you're going to be throwing money around, why not get it? Why not try to lock in a player who is going to help your defense long term? And I would have loved Ryan Graves in Nashville. This is a solid player. And that's basically what, what Ryan Graves is, is he's just a solid player. So many of the predators don't really have a lot of mm-hmm. on defense. Like this is a guy who, you know, he's known as a defensive first guy, uh, very defensively responsible, pretty much, you know, one of the devil's main penalty killers, um, you know, one of the first guys on the ice whenever the, the Devils needed a big defensive stop. He kind of had that reputation in Colorado, too. Just like an overall solid defender, somebody that you can like maybe put on your second pair, mm-hmm. elevate maybe to the top line if somebody is hurt or you have kind of the right number one defenseman to play with him. Um, I, I really see that kind of player in Ryan Graves. And I looked and it's like, this guy would have been a perfect younger long-term fit for somebody like Matthias Eckholm, because there's kind of a void. There is the middle of that Preds defense, especially on that left side. And because right now, you know, the defensive depth chart on the left side is um, Roman Yossi, Ryan McDonough, who struggled a little bit last year and Jeremy Lazan, who, I, I don't think we know who Jeremy Lazan really is. Right. Um, and if you're going to be throwing money around, like this is a guy that you can plug in behind Roman Yossi, put on the ice in critical defensive situations, uh, but who is also good enough with the puck, who is also a good enough skater that he can kind of be a boost offensively too and help out uh, in some of the offensive aspects of the game as well. So if the Preds are going to be throwing money around, I would like them to maybe invest in a player who's going to be around five years or so. Now, to be fair, that contract that he signed in Pittsburgh, 
uh, five years, four point five million a year, and a no movement clause. Uh, that, that's a that's a bit of a hefty price tag, but yeah, you know, I I would have loved to maybe see what what happens there. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of interesting moves for a free agency that seemed like it was going to be pretty, you know, pretty just average. It's been a really interesting free agency time. I. And, and again, we talked about it. Who knows? Are the Predators done? Who knows? <laughs> and, yeah, you could tell me anything and I would be like, yeah, that's that's, that's very trots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lots to look forward to this offseason, friends. It's, it is not over yet. And again, like I'm traveling later this week, so we could sign a number of people. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> always guaranteed to be something that happens on vacation. Uh, yeah. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan or threads at just NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for so much for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with another all new episode. We'll see you then.